0: Because I think if you really do just jump into it and you're like, how to take amazing photos, and then you see all these amazing photographers and you see all these people doing such crazy stuff, it's really intimidating, right? You see it and you're like, I'm not that. How am I even supposed to even think about doing that? But I think it's the same thing with any profession, not just photography. Like, okay, let's use a crazy example. If I were to look at a doctor and be like, I want to be a doctor. That's impossible for me to think I'm going to do that overnight. It's the same thing with photography. You're not going to be in any Leibowitz. You're not going to be a Platon. You're not going to be any of these people right off the bat. What makes them them is the continued education throughout the life of photography that they've picked up. But it starts today.
1: Hey, welcome to episode 324 of the Beginner Photography Podcast, brought to you by CloudSpot, the easiest way to deliver and sell photos online. I'm your host, Raymond Hatfield, and today we are chatting with product photographer Evan Tanaka about creating a standout product image, even if you're just shooting out of your garage. So looking into Evan and trying to learn more about him before our interview, you know, in a Relatively short amount of time, Evan has taken his photography from taking a few photos of some clothes to creating a real production company with team members working with some of the world's like biggest brands. And if you just take a look at his Instagram, he's got a ton of behind-the-scenes videos that, well, I I hate to say it, but they seem deceptively simple, right? But uh, despite that. Evan is able to create some amazing, amazing results uh, with these simple setups, and it's really cool to take a look at. So if you get a chance, go check out Evan's Instagram, uh, which is in the show notes. But with that, let's just go ahead and get on into today's interview with Evan Tanaka. Evan, when did you know that photography was going to first play an important role in your life?
0: That's a great question. Um when did I first think that photography was going to play an important role in my life? So it's interesting. Like I didn't set out to be a photographer. Uh, I didn't go to school for this. I didn't, um, I, I didn't think it was going to be part of my life any way, shape or form. Like of course, growing up you have your Polaroid cameras and you like to play around with your parents' cameras and things like that. But it never occurred to me like this is going to be something I was going to be doing until I was probably in grad school and I wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. If you really think about it, I was probably 25, 26. And I picked up the camera for the first time, like really actually utilizing it because I was trying to start my own brand. And I was starting, it was like the athleisure brand. And I needed to make my own content and I worked for free. Um, Cause nobody else, I had no money to pay for anybody else to do it. And that's when I started really experimenting, taking photos, learning about lenses. Like I had, I'm telling you, I had zero idea what I was doing. Like they gave me a camera from the library, which is another funny story because I basically lied to the school and told them I was taking like photography 2017. And that had nothing. There was no class, but they still rented me a camera every single week uh, from the library. So I taught myself how to take photos. Um, and I remember they actually told me like, you know, oh, Evan, we got the 50, 50 millimeter in. Um, do you want to try that? And I was like, a what? <laughs> like, what are <do> you mean <laughs> a 50 millimeter? Like, I thought it's a camera. I just take photos with it. Um, so it, it did, it was a slow learning process for me in the very beginning. Because again, I didn't see myself as a photographer. I saw myself as an entrepreneur and wanted to do things in that realm of like make, creating a brand. Um, but pretty pretty quick after like I started releasing photos and things I was like, oh, this is actually really interesting and I really like it. Um, It was another creative artistic outlet for me. Uh, And then, you know, I think when I finally got my first paid job and, or I didn't, excuse me, it wasn't paid. It was for trade. I was like, people are willing to like bring me on to, you know, shoot photos. This is, this is different than I anticipated. Um, So I think at that moment I realized like, oh, this is kind of like I feel like this can be a hobby that I continue to do with my nine to five job. It still hadn't taken over my life yet, but it was still something that I had passion for, that I loved, that I was willing to educate myself on my free time with. And yeah, so it it probably only was when I was like 27, mm-hmm. when I was like, all right, cameras, cameras is going to be a part of my life for, for a while.
1: Wow. So I, I love the, uh, I love what you said there, you know, you started out, you knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, you knew that you had dreams of, you know, creating this this thing for yourself, right? This business for yourself. And it was just that the the, the product, I guess, that you're selling had switched. So now mm-hmm. photography and videography is that thing. So when you were still doing your full time job, right, your your nine to five thing, and then you mm-hmm. decided I'm gonna use this as like a cool hobby and still like make some money on the side with that. Yeah where like at this point, like, I guess, how are you educating yourself on photography? Was it just tri- all trial and error? Because as you said earlier, there's terms like 50 millimeter lens and all these yeah. things. Where did where did the
0: education for that come in? I think it was a lot of it was trial and error. And since I had no like, education and nobody was teaching me, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't really have friends I was hanging out with that were photographers. So it was all really anything that basically any issue I ran into on a, on a shoot that I was doing that was either, you know, personal or someone hired me for, I'd be like, why is my, why are my photos so blown out? Um, when I go shoot outside, why, why is my, why when I shoot in low light or in a dark room, I didn't know it was called low light at that point, but in a dark room, is it so fuzzy? And when I try and bump up, you know, the brightness in my camera, like I didn't understand that when you bump up ISOs, like it's going to create some grain. I didn't realize that you could change ch- shutter speed to adjust for the background lighting. Like, so every time I ran, ran into that issue, I jumped to YouTube. I jump on Instagram. I jump and I Google it. I'd find out and I would just self-educate based, based on the issues I was running into.
1: Wow. Okay. So, so let me, let me see. Cause I know that when it comes to a lot of new photographers, they get this idea of like, I really love photography. I want to learn as much as I can. So then they like you will go to YouTube. But one thing that I often hear from them is just how overwhelming it can be. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of information. So tell me if I'm right here, you weren't trying to learn everything about photography. You would go out and shoot. And once you discovered a problem, you would only look for a solution for that issue.
0: I think in the very beginning, that's what it was. Because again, I didn't see myself as a photographer. I saw myself as a entrepreneur and a brand owner. And so it wasn't me necessarily like, you know, I want to get better photos. It was, or before I go out and shoot, I want to get a specific type of photo. It was me coming back and being like, these photos are terrible for me to put up. How do I make them better? And, And that's how it started in the very beginning. Now, I mean, and then when I started actually really falling in love with cameras and what it is, that's when I started integrating and like made a promise to myself every new photo shoot I did. And this is probably like a year and a half, two years in when I really started taking it seriously. Uh, I wanted to integrate one new technique, skill set, whatever it might be. And it was anything from ranging from, you know, freezing motion in action or, uh, using ND filters or using a uh, pro mist or you know, little things like that. I would just like try and find a way to integrate it into new photo shoot. So then I started like thinking instead of thinking of the issue, then find the the solve. It was more of like, how can I just take my photography a step further before I even go out there and shoot.
1: Sure. Do you feel like you had to have some level of competency before you got to that exploration oh, yeah. phase?
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, For me, the way that I did it when I was like looking for problems to solve, basically, made it more digestible Mm -hmm. for me. Because I think if you really do just jump into it and you're like, you know, how to take amazing photos. And then you see all these amazing photographers and you see all these people doing such crazy stuff. It's really intimidating, right? You see it and you're like, I'm not that. How am I even supposed to even think about doing that? But I think it's the same thing with any profession not just photography like a doctor. okay let's use a crazy example a doctor if i were to look at a doctor and be like i want to be a doctor and i want to be i want to know their knowledge like what they're doing that's impossible for me to think i'm going to do that overnight like you're just not going to be that they go to school that takes some time they're going to do reading they're going to do educate themselves and it's the same thing with photography you're not going to be in an any Leibovitz. You're not going to be a Platon. You're not going to be any of these people right off the bat. What makes them them is the continued education throughout the life of photography that they've picked up, but it starts today and you just, it's one step at a time and it's going to take you a while to get there, but it's going to pay off. It's going to be that beneficial rewarding because you're going to develop your own self of style and photography.
1: If you could fit that on a shirt, you should do that because you'd sell a million <laughs> copies of that. That was perfect right there. That um, when it comes to the that learning aspect, still even going back earlier, right? Before you were really like even exploring stuff. When you're in this phase of taking photos and figuring out like, wait, I don't really like this. I need to figure out how to mm-hmm. how this thing works. Was there anything in particular that was like, especially a struggle for you to like really figure out or like get a grasp on?
0: Um, I think a lot of it... Because in the beginning, it was much more about natural light. So I think once I switched over to studio photography, that was a really big learning curve for me. Um, and, and I'm, n- I'm not going to say using natural light is easier than studio photography using artificial light. But for me, since it was such a run and gun feel and more carefree, and I was so used to it that when I was confined to a smaller location, I had to be the sun essentially. Right. I have to create my own sun. Um, I have to figure out how to shape the light. I need to make it soft and make it, you know, harsher light, whatever it might be. That was a big learning curve. Um, and I'm still learning about how how to shape light and make it certain ways. Like I'll uh, sometimes I'll just go into my studio garage and I'll just like take a bottle that I'm like a Topo Chico bottle or something that I'm drinking and try and see how soft I can get the light, how hard I can get the light. Um, But I think making that switch from natural light photography to studio photography was a a pretty hard learning curve for me to really grasp.
1: What happens if you go out into your studio garage, which, by the way, I have a question for here soon. But let's say you go out into your studio garage and you're trying to take that bottle and you're trying to just get the light as soft as possible or as hard as possible. And it's just not working. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, what do you do in those situations? Like, how do you how do you work
0: through these these things to find creative solutions? I just quit and I stop. I run away. No, I love it. (laughs) No, I like. I you know we we were talking about patience Patience into something that really comes in handy for situations like this. Now, I am the first to say that I am not the most patient person. Anybody that's worked with me, I am a tornado when it comes to getting the shot. I don't care about the mess I'm creating. I don't care about the the crappy rig that I have that's holding up whatever I'm taking a photo of because whatever matters in that frame, that's what I care about. Um, So I, again, I'm not the one to say I'm the most patient person, but it truly helps. When you're trying to solve a problem, you go layer by layer, very similar to like Photoshop or something like that, where it's like you can't put the entire Effect, you can't put the entire um, color, balance, all that stuff into one layer because you're not going to know how to fine tune it. Everything is a little layer by layer. And that's why on a Photoshop, on a photo, you have 50 layers because you're going to fine tune it. And it's the same thing when you're out in the garage and shooting and trying to teach yourself a new skill or the garage in my case is that I take it layer by layer. All right, here we we have a light source and a bottle. This light is too hard. All right, let's obviously throw up a piece of diffusion. Okay, that diffusion made it a little bit softer, but it's still wrapping around the bottle in a weird way. All right, let's try and take that diffusion and move the light backwards. Okay, that's not working. Let's bring the light down. Let's bring in a bounce. Let's bring in another layer of diffusion. Um, Let's light it from the back. And before, and that's how I approach those problems. Um, I think it's a really common mistake honestly, in studio photography, where people will set up all their lights, and then they'll have three lights going, and they'll be like, and they'll fire a photo, and then they try and adjust it from there. And I think that's the wrong way to set up your lights. You should, I think you should really focus on one light, one angle at a time, and then you can build on top of that. Yeah, and curious. So that's how I, that's how I approach my... My creative problem solving—that's solid
1: advice. Because yeah. uh, you know, as you said earlier, it's not that natural light is necessarily easier, but when you do mm-hmm. add something like a studio light or a flash, that does add an additional element of something that you have to control, uh, mm-hmm. which can seem stressful, especially in the beginning. But let's let's get back to how you got into product photography. So obviously, yeah. you had a brand here; you had to take photos for yourself, mm-hmm. and now were these photos these photos were interesting enough or good enough that other people were saying, Hey, actually I would like you to do that for me as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Um, so when I first started off, I really didn't actually do product photography. I I was doing clothing stuff. So more like lifestyle. Um, and then I got asked to do my very first shoot after I graduated from grad school, I moved back down to Los Angeles. I was moonlighting at another nine to five job uh, and I got asked to do a photo shoot, a lifestyle photo shoot, and they did it for trade. And that's when that kind of light clicked. And I was like, oh, there people find value in this. Um, but when I got into product photography, I had been doing it, but not focusing on it. And it was really the pandemic that when that pandemic hit, I was isolated and wasn't able to shoot with people anymore. And so what did I have uh, available to me? It was products. And I would find products laying around the house. I would go to the grocery store. I'd buy 99 cent candy. I would take photos of it. And then then I would eat it because then I made a deal with myself of I have to shoot it before I can eat it. And it just kind of helped me to make sure I was staying consistent, especially during a time when a lot of people felt like they couldn't do anything. Um, And I was able to, you know, I adapted to what I had available to me at that moment.
1: Hey, Raymond here. Are you looking for fresh inspiration behind the lens? Whether you're in a bit of a creative slump or just eager to try something new, I've got just the thing for you. Our free download, 46 Creative Photography Ideas to Get You Out of a Rut, is packed with unique, imaginative, and fun photography challenges that will rekindle your passion and help you see the world through a new perspective. From capturing the beauty of the night sky to transforming everyday objects into artistic masterpieces. Each idea is designed to spark your creativity and elevate your photography skills. And the best part, it's completely free. So why wait? Visit creativeimageideas.com right now and grab your free guide. Let's turn that inspiration into stunning images. So that's gotta be a big switch, going from having somebody in front of your camera to something in front of your camera. What are what are the major differences for you? Like, how do you separate those two?
0: Um, I think the biggest difference is to me in product photography, it's all about you, like you as a photographer. There is no relying on somebody else to help you in the moment. Whereas in lifestyle photography, um, and it can be make it easier, it can make it harder, but. You're, it's a give and take. You're, you're working with somebody, you're getting emotions, you're having them do actions and movement and everything. And you're a team in that sense where you have a photographer, you have the talent. Now, the product, the product isn't going to do anything for you. It's not going to move. It's not going to change its angle. It's not going to smile for you. It's going to be up to you to create that moment for the product. Whether it's changing the light, changing the angle, adding motion, adding ingredients, adding whatever you feel like will bring it to life. It's really about your vision. Um, So some people really like that because you have the control and being able to do whatever you want. But some people like the really the free nature of working with talent because of that give and take.
1: Mm. You brought up some interesting things there, like it's all about you and like you have to really figure out how you want a photo to look and what you are trying to say with a photo. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that when you work with brands, maybe they have Mm -hmm. ideas of what they want photos to look like. So can you kind of walk me through maybe creating a shot list for a certain product, right? Like you have these product photos and then you also have some more lifestyle images where people are, say, enjoying the product. What mm-hmm. questions are you asking the brand to ensure that you can deliver exactly what they're looking for?
0: Uh, no, that's a that's a great point. And um, when it comes to product photography, especially when you're working with like CPG brands or anything like that, they all have a, a very specific vibe, a look, a style. Um, and I always try and make sure I ask, I'm asking questions and I'm matching whatever that is for them. Else, it doesn't matter how good the photo is if it doesn't match what they, it looks like on their social media or their website or their brand, uh, vibe, they're not going to want to use it and they're not going to hire you again. So the things I'm asking is, you know, let me see what, what shots do you like? What shots do you not like in terms of even what you've done in the past? That way it gives me an idea of what, you know, the feeling is, um, are we a, a smiley brand? Are we a posy brand? Are we a brand that never looks at the camera? Are we, um, do we love showing, are we bright colors? Are we dark colors? Do you have a color palette? Um, the style guide is super helpful. Um, especially when it comes to like product photography, if they have a style guide, fantastic, because it'll tell you the colors to use is colors to stay away from. Um, it'll even usually give you some inspo of like what feels good to them. Um, these are all really important questions to ask even before you, you know, start planning out your photos or your photo shoot.
1: So let's say a company says, like, we're very bright. We're very smiley. We want to mm-hmm. look at the camera. We're very happy about these yep. things. And it feels like they gave you, like, here's what we want. Give us this. How do you mm-hmm. infuse who you are as a photographer into those images so that they feel like a, you know, like like one of your photos?
0: Yeah, it, it, it is. It is a balance Um because in the world of commercial photography, it is very different than being an artist per se, you know, someone who just has full control of their art um, because you do need to make sure that the client is happy. And, and that's, that's what I pride myself on is I will try and infuse my, my style into it. However, by staying true to what the brand is, um, you know, a lot of times what I'll do on photo shoots is, I'll, I'll be very specific with them and I'll be like, here here are the shots that we thought about and we talked about. Let's capture those. Now let's play and let's see what else we can get. And I, that I like doing that in that way because i'm I'm giving them what we've talked about. I'm showing them exactly the you know the light, the smiley, the posy, the straight on, the non-distorted fifty millimeter, eighty five millimeter look. Um, the lighting. And then I'll say, you know, let's let's spend you know 20 minutes to see if you're liking any of my more my style that I really like infusing, which will I'll throw on a 16 to 35. I'll get a little bit more edgy. I'll find fun angles. I'll climb on tables. You know, I'll I'll start trying to do a little bit more. But at the same time, we because we've nailed our initial shots, our initial shot list. Um, So whenever I'm planning a photo shoot, I always like to buffer a little bit of time to just play.
1: Hey, Raymond here, and we will get back to today's show in just a moment. Do you want your photos to have more life? Do you want to know exactly what camera settings to use and why? Well, professional photographers all over the world capture beautiful images by shooting in manual mode. Why? Because it unlocks your camera's full potential. But how do you know what settings you should use? Well, I want to break that down for you in my free ebook, Picture Perfect Camera Settings, which you can download over at PerfectCameraSettings.com. In the book, I'm going to share different lighting situations that you'll find yourself in, and photos that I've captured with real camera settings, and how to know which settings to change to get the look that you want. So don't wait. Download your free copy over at perfectcamerasettings.com to unlock your camera's full potential. Now, let's get back to today's interview. I love that because so many people I've heard, you know, uh, you know, I think it's kind of difficult in photography where it's like many people feel like. Like they should only be hired because. Of their creative oh, yeah. vision, but yet they yeah. haven't really exactly figured out what their creative vision is. So therefore, like, there's always this kind of disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. Like I made this thing for them and they they don't really like it, but I like it. But is it good? You know, I mm-hmm. guess that's kind of up to whoever. But you right there saying, like, look, you got to get those shots that they want. You got to get the safe, safe shots. You got to get the shot list done. And then you can go off and uh, and explore your own creative ideas. So my next follow up question to that is how often do you find a brand will use those creative ideas um, over the photos that they thought that they wanted.
0: Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, It it really is dependent on the brand. Um, If I had to give it like a percentage, I'd I'd say like 50-50. You know, some brands are very stuck in their ways. Um, And maybe they're just more of a classical brand and more traditional. There's... So here's the thing. All right, let me back up a little bit. It really boils down to the size of the brand that I usually work with. The small to medium sized brands have a lot more flexibility in the story that they're telling visually, because usually they're still young, they're still trying to figure out their own vibe and style and everything. So they are looking for a photographer to help them develop that. And I and I love that because I can come in and be like, here, here's what you guys have done. Here's maybe a way to spice it up. And then they'll take from that and we can adapt and move forward and, you know, try and integrate a little bit of both of us into the shots going forward. Now, the flip side of that is the larger brands, they're much more solidified in what they look like, what their approval process is. They have, it's not just the photographer working with the marketing director and the CEO anymore. That's the small medium brands. Now, it's the photographer working with the brand manager who has their boss, who has their boss, who has their boss, who has their boss, boss, and so on and so forth. Sometimes, I mean, I just did a shoot with a a financial institution, and we also have to go through legal before anything is done for each set of photos or videos that we do. There's a 10-day approval process just on legal, not even on the creative. Um, So it's just like those types of brands are much harder and more rigid in terms of like being flexible. Do they want some, you know, lifestyle or some of the photographer, videographers style in there? Of course. But as long as it's within the borders of what they've already established as their brand. And I I think it's important if you are a photographer or filmmaker trying to make it in commercial photography or in the commercial world, you do need to be respectful of that because what what they're doing has worked for them. And there's a reason they're continuing to do it if they come to you and ask you to redesign and everything, totally different story. Mm -hmm. But if they're coming for you for more content creation, uh, I think there is a lot more of a, um, you know, listening or learning from their style guide and being able to adapt to what they need while still having fun with it and infusing yourself into it, but stay within those borders.
1: Yeah. I love that. I really don't think many photographers working photographers, right? Like commission photographer. I don't think that it's possible to just shoot whatever you want and, Make a living off that. I, I really think that like if you're a commissioned photographer, you are solving somebody's problem. And therefore, there's some sort of, um, um, you know, expected deliverable, right, of what you're going to be able to deliver. And you need to be able to do that. So this idea of the, you know, the 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 artist who only does exactly yeah. what they want, wherever their heart takes them, is uh, very difficult to
0: to be. Yeah, it, people can make a great, great career off of doing that um and more power to them and I hope that in in my life I get to a place where I can really just be myself in terms of the photography or videos that I'm making and be I mean you look at someone like a Tarantino like you know it's his film when he shoots it like and he's he's earned that right and then you look at an Annie Leibovitz photo I can tell right off the bat it's an Annie Leibovitz photo but that's that's them and they've made a career off of that and that's fantastic but in commercial world, in the commercial world, it's a tiny bit different. Mm-hmm.
1: I got a uh, a question here, uh, and it's mm-hmm. about which you talked about earlier. You talked a little bit about Photoshop and whatnot. And I know that many people who are thinking about getting into product photography, you kind of covered. We can just go mm-hmm. into our cabinets, get something of ours, go into right. the garage, and like try it ourselves. So actually, let me start with that. Let's go back to that garage question, and that right. is working out of your garage. I think many people do have a garage, right? They can open up the garage. I have a garage. Outside of simply having a garage, what else, what sort of equipment, what things do we need to start a uh, a home garage product photography studio?
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, first of all, you don't need a garage. I like the garage because I make a mess and I need to splash and powder everywhere. My wife would kill me if I did that inside. (laughs) Um, But so you don't need a garage. You can do it in a room. When I started off or started out shooting at home, during the pandemic i didn't have all the nice equipment that i was able to like slowly acquire over the past few years it was really a camera i think i had a couple of panel lights that were very like low end i won't say the brand name but it was very low end i think i got it off of amazon for like a couple hundred bucks and it was like a set of 3 um and that was it that was really all i had i didn't have you know the fancy monitors i don't i didn't have the c stands i didn't have the The pro photo lights, I didn't have the aperture lights that I have now, like it was and it was also a lower end camera. Um, I had to work up to get those pieces of equipment that fit the need and the problem that I was trying to solve, whether it was just like, oh, I can't get this shot or I want to get this specific kind of shot. So I need specific equipment. Um, So to me, what I I like to tell new creators is that get out of your head and thinking that you need all this equipment, you don't. If you have a camera, fantastic. If you don't have a camera, there's definitely ways to try and get it. Like I said, in when I was in school, I went to the library and said I had a class, and they gave it, gave me one for free. I had to do that for two years, and it was probably in the third year, I was finally able to afford my own camera. So there's ways to do it. And so get out of your head. Stop thinking you need all this different equipment that you see online, on social. All you need is your, your subject, whether that's a product or a person and a camera, and go out and shoot something. Something is better than nothing every single time. I
1: agree with that 100%, 100%. So it sounds like, um, as you said, your studio kind of grew as your needs grew. So as somebody who, now correct me if I'm wrong here, it seems like most of the products that you're posting on Instagram um, are – they could probably fit in your hand or, or they're, they're smaller tangible products so mm-hmm. for you like what sorts of setup do you have do you just have like a seamless white backdrop and that's it and some lights or how do you okay let, let's make this a little bit more refined here right let's yeah. think of um 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 uh, you did uh, you, uh you've worked with like uh let's do the the hydration powder brand that you've worked with okay oh
0: uh yeah, so yeah liquid Yep.
1: you have these right you have these things You have a conversation with the company of like what they're thinking of for these photos. Now, how do you build a set to to match the images that they're looking for? Here's the fastest way to start making money with your photography. Head to deliverphotos.com to sign up for a free CloudSpot account. There, you can create a digital storefront to sell your prints in just a few clicks. The most popular print sizes are 4x6s, 5x7s, and 8x10s, so be sure to offer those. With CloudSpot's global markup tool, you can create profitable pricing without any guesswork. Now, when you send a client their gallery, surprise them with a small print credit to encourage them to purchase additional prints. Look, CloudSpot really is the easiest way to deliver and sell photos online. So grab your free CloudSpot account today by signing up at Deliverphotos.com now
0: I mean it's all based on the needs and the the creative so like we did did a shoot with them and we're like we want to infuse more color into this one flavor because it was cotton candy and you know the pinks and the blues and make you think of like that um so when I was thinking about it like I don't normally shoot with a lot of color sometimes or I take that back. Recently, I've been shooting a lot more with color because I find it a lot of fun. Um, but before I wasn't using too many colored lights. So I knew I wanted to bring in gels. I wanted to bring in an RGB from Aperture. Um, that also shoot, that shoot also came at a time that I had more equipment. So I was able to like play a lot more and be like, okay, what are some fun ways to spice it up? Um, but setting up for a shot is the same with every single brand that I work with. You know, give me the creative. We'll look at it. We'll review it. Um, we'll see what the needs are. If it is a seamless, that all we need. Um, if it's just going to be like e then we'll just use one. We could use one light, two lights, white seamless, uh, shoot it in the garage pretty easy. Um, but then based on what the needs are, we can just basically scale from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you typically shooting both? Like just regular product photos for e-commerce background?
0: Um, you know, I, I do shoot. Ecom stuff, I don't do it too often um, just because I think where like my studio fits better is more of like the bringing photos to life kind mm-hmm. of a sense. Ecom photos are fantastic. And when we get to do ecom photos, I always try and nudge a brand a bit. Uh here's me almost like going back on what I said of like, oh no, listen to the brand only, only do what they do. But I, I always like if we're gonna be the, the ones doing the e-comm shots, I'd always like to say, let's do something more than just a typical white backdrop. Um, because let's be honest, those shoots, those shots are fairly simple to do. And maybe there's another studio that's more geared to just, you know, crank those out, maybe at a lesser rate, whatever it might be. But if you want to come to us, I like. I always try and nudge them like, let's get some, let's do something a little bit different um, mm-hmm. if you want to work with us for those e com shots. So even those, I try and spice up a little bit.
1: I gotcha. I gotcha. Try, yeah. try to move them on down the, uh, the pipeline there. I got it. Yeah. Um, so I know that let's get back to the Photoshop thing that, uh, that you yeah. had talked about earlier. Um, you know, I, when I look at your photos, there's a lot of symmetry in your photos, right? There's a lot of mm-hmm. um, things are lined up very well. Um, and obviously part of that takes place in camera. So tell me, how much of your finished product is about getting it right in camera versus uh, making adjustments in Photoshop? Is that even a fair question? Like, does every photo go through
0: Photoshop? Every, every, every photo does. Uh, I mean, in, in, a, in some sense, right? Whether it's just like playing with some highlights and that's all we need or it's totally like compositing photos or anything like that. Um, I, I hate The phrase, you know, it's coming. Fix it in post. Uh I hate it. I hate it so much because it's to me that takes away from what is accomplished on set in photo. Um, You're almost taking away from the art of taking a photograph because you're just like, oh, fix it in post. And then then it's easy. Right. And that's not true. Photoshop and Lightroom and post-production is an art form in itself. And I feel like that whole phrase belittles what Photoshop, how talented those people are that can do amazing things on it. Um, so I, I hate that phrase. It also takes away from the talent of the photographer that's trying to make that photo come to life. You're basically saying it's not good enough. Let's fix it in post. Um so there's my spiel on that phrase. Um, however, what I will say, it is very important to me. I like getting everything done in camera that I can. Um, so most of the photos that you see me take, I, I've, I've seen it so much online and they, they tell me like, oh, you could do this in Photoshop. I did a shot with White Claw um, not too long ago and it was like a frame. With a photo, or with a white claw in the center, the there was like this pattern in the backdrop that mimicked or mirrored the uh, the can itself. Um, and but the way I did it was I shot it like in a forced perspective way, so that with a so that the when you went to the side, it was in layers. So the can out here, you had the frame out here, then you had the back, the pattern right here, and then back back another step, you had the actual backdrop. And then when you took it from the took a photo from the front, it would look like one flat image. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was telling me you you can do that in post in Photoshop super easily. And I, to me it's like you could, but I like getting everything done in camera. To me, that's part of the adventure. That's part of the whole process of doing this. It, Photoshop and After Effects and all that stuff are really great. But I think if we're going to just rely on that, where's the art in terms of like the photograph itself? Um, so to me, because I'm not an after effects person, I'm not an extreme Photoshopper and I like to take care of things myself. The camera is where I focus. And if I can get everything done in camera, in frame, centered up, lined up the way I want it, that's what I'll do.
1: Perfect. Perfect. That's such a great answer. It's so easy to just say, we'll just fix this in post, especially like,
0: you know, quote unquote, easy. Yeah. And I just the, the bigger shoots that I'm on now, uh, I, I hear it so much. And it, it, it is true, like that, the talent that it takes to fix things in post and the time um, is really difficult. So I always like if we can spend an extra 30 minutes getting the photo right and avoid the four hours of editing that's going to happen on the back end. It's going to make my life easier. It's going to make their life easier. And everybody's going to be a lot happier.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's one reason why a lot of people still really enjoy shooting film is that like Mm -hmm. there's that additional challenge of getting it right in camera, knowing Mm -hmm. that you Knowing Ooh, that Phil. the end goal isn't to bring it into Lightroom or Photoshop to make adjustments yeah. to be exactly how you look, but choosing yeah. the right film stock, choosing the, you know, the perfect settings, you know, getting out the the light meter and making sure that everything is, exposure is yeah. perfect. I get that a lot. I totally understand that. Now, um, we have a uh, active Facebook group, the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group. And believe it or not, just yesterday, somebody asked a question about product photography. And I thought... Who better to ask? Yeah, I was like, I'm not even (laughs) going to answer this question. I'm going to wait. So uh, Tash in the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group asked, uh, she said, I landed my first product photography slash branding gig, right? Very exciting. She says, I have a meeting tomorrow to discuss the details. Any advice on questions I should ask? I'm so new to this. Now, I know that this is a big question, right? And there's a lot of unknowns in there. But how would you tackle um, answering this question for Tash?
0: First off, a lot of brands will always start off with, what's your rate? What's your what's your cost? And what my advice is, don't give it. Not yet. It's not. You're not ready to give your cost, your, your rate, What? how much this is going to cost. Because you don't know anything about it. You don't know what the shoot is going to entail. Is it going to be e-com? Is it going to be lifestyle? Is it going to be models? Um, is there going to be wardrobe? Or is there going to be... Uh, do they... Is there even if it's going to be like talent and it's just hands? Like, do they need to get manicures? Um, is it going to be outside, indoor, le- studio? There are so many different aspects that haven't been answered yet. So when they ask that, because I'm sure that's going to be one of the first questions they ask, be ready for it and say, um, "Before I give you my rate, I'd love to learn more about your project and what we're and how we can work together to make your vision come to life." That's how I like to start my conversations and I learned from them like, okay, what are you looking to get done? How many photos are, do you think that'll be? How do we need to have props? Do we need to have a stylist? I don't know if it's a food brand or anything like that. Do we need to have a food stylist? Um, those are all little things I like asking. And if they're like, no, you know, this is something that isn't that level. We don't need a food stylist. We don't need wardrobe. We don't need talent. Great. You're you're starting to t- check the boxes of like, okay, we don't need that. There goes those costs. Now it really is about me and the product and the expectations are set. And then then you find out a little bit more about how many photos, um, what that might entail, deliverable dates, um, aspect ratios is another big one nowadays because everybody wants it to fit nine by 16, 16 by nine, four by five, one by one. Um, and you kind of have to be able to take your photos with that in mind so that it works in all those variations. Or if it won't, then you're going to have to take more than that one photo they've talked about. Um, I know that's a lot of, lot of questions to ask. That. Uh, Tesh, I think it was right. Tesh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tesh, yep. So just be, don't be afraid to ask questions uh, don't feel pressured to give your rate right off the bat. Um, really learn as much as you can about the brand. Like I talked about earlier, style guides are extremely helpful. If they have one, um, it's probably a more of an established brand if they do. Um, and if they can share that with you, I think that's a great starting place, um, for at least for you to learn more about the brand. So you can make sure that you're hitting the mark where their expectations are for what they would expect to get.
1: So let's say, um, let's say they're not going to need stylist, not going to need wardrobe. This is going to be a product with a with a background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, do you go? Do you charge just based on your time? Do you charge based on like is there licensing involved? How can you walk me through any of that? Uh, That's yeah. a whole world in the. That's <laughs> a whole
0: world. Um, you know, it, 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 the the answer answer is yes um, for all of it. Sometimes but it'll make sense to charge as a day rate. Um, Maybe it's because we're shooting e-com shots, or maybe it's uh, because we're shooting something that is more rapid fire. And it wouldn't make sense for me to say, okay, I'm going to shoot. And it's a one light setup and okay. It's a hundred dollars per e-com shot, but we're shooting 30 in one day and I'm not changing anything. Um, So it probably doesn't make sense for them. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't charge that. I would charge a day rate and be like, okay, I can shoot 30 30 photos in one day. Here's what we can get done. And then here's what post-production would look like. Hmm. um, Or if they're going to be taking care of posts themselves. Uh, So I like to offer that as an option. And I think that's a good thing for photographers that are starting out is another great question for Atesh is, you know, are they handling post-production themselves or will you be handling handling post? Um, Because editing sometimes can take much longer than the day that it took to take the photo, or the time that it took uh, took to take the photo.
1: Sure, sure, of course. Yeah, that's one of those things. We had somebody else in the group recently talk about a uh, as a portrait session that they did, and um, mm-hmm. they thought that it went wonderful. Unfortunately, came back. They had a lot of revisions. The couple wanted on their photos, and um, it's one of those hard things because it's like if you don't know how to do that, is this one of those situations where you're ready to learn? or are you gonna to have to outsource this to somebody else? So figuring out and having that um, expectation laid out for a brand and what they're gonna do with the photos afterwards, I can I can yeah. see how important that would be. Um, and I think
0: you did hit a good mark on there is the revisions. Um, that's something that's great to kind of set uh, set an expectation for. It's like two revisions, three revisions, four even, um, but really kind of letting them know, it's like this won't be an ongoing process for the next six months. To get this portrait right uh, that then you're just like kind of setting the bar like all right final notes here it is um, but I mean even on that sense to anybody that's just starting out getting their first clients and everything it's like what I was talking about earlier where I was saying you know I when I was learning photography based on the issues I would run into I'd go and learn you're gonna learn the questions that you're going to need to be asking. Cause you're not going to ask every single time the right ones. I forget a lot of the times I, I work with the producer of, and he's been a like lifelong buddy of mine. And he still gets mad, mad at me this day. Cause I'll agree to a, a shoot and he'll be like, you didn't ask these questions. And I was like, but it sounded fun. I figured we'd <laughs> figure it out later. And um, but so it is a learning process. You're not going to nail it, but Keep record and keep notes of like, OK, these are the great questions that I find valuable because what I find valuable knowing might be very different for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a, a side business question, but uh, yeah. I think it's important. Um, when a brain comes to you for the first time and you work with them, what sorts of things do you do to create a lasting relationship so that hopefully you can work with them again in the future?
0: Um, under promise over deliver. Uh, I think that's a huge one. And I know it's a little cliche, but I I really believe in it. Um, Also, I think what I like to boil it down to is making their life easier. Um, And I I use that as an example for not only photography, but any career that you're choosing, whoever that person you're working for, because technically when you work with a brand, you're working for them for that time. And whoever you're working for, even if it's a nine to five job, if you're not making their life easier, you're not going to get hired again. They're not going to want to continue working with you. So that's what I always try and keep in mind, especially for new clients. It's like, okay, here's our stage that we've set. We've asked the questions. We agreed on the rate. Now I'm going to make your life easier than just sticking to what we talked about. I said 13 photos. I'm giving you 15. I'm I'm on set and they say that they want to change something in the moment. Great. Even though we went through all the approved props and everything like that, we're going to figure out how to make you happy and get it done on set. Um, if they ask for, oh, can you make these little revisions? And it takes me just a little bit more time. I'm going to say yes. Like, I want to make sure that they feel like they're getting value from me at the end of the day, that they walk away a happy client. And it doesn't have this feeling of tension of like, oh, I can't ask this person because they'll revert back to their contract or they'll just say, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. That's not in my, my role, my scope. Even on big shoots, like I, again, I, this big shoot that I just did with a financial institution, I'm the director. I'm not even touching camera. But what we needed to do and the client wanted to add in was this one moment where we needed a hand model. And instead of me saying, we can't do that because we didn't get an approved person to come in here and do this, that's specialized, I said, great, I took off my bracelets, I went in and I was a hand model. And it was and I'm like, don't worry about it. Because I want to get a shot. I want you to be happy. We're going to be flexible on set. And to me, that creates much better long lasting relationships than if I had said, well, we didn't approve that. So we can't do that.
1: Yeah, oh, I bet that. You know, I think it's so interesting, because it's like, I guess when I ask questions like that, I think many people are expecting like a like a hard answer, right? Like, well, you do this or you don't do that. But mm-hmm. I think really in business you'll find that sometimes the line is a li- little bit more blurred, right? You're you're more willing to, if you didn't have a hand model, you know what, I'm just gonna reach in there and make sure that I can get this. Yeah. But if somebody comes back and they're like, you know what, we need to Photoshop all these backgrounds to be totally different, knowing That's going to be an additional charge. You know, that's going to be more than than what is required. So sometimes you just got to figure these things out on your own.
0: you got to figure those things out. You really you have to you have to choose your battles, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, if if these are battles that can be fixed and be done with quickly, I always say just err on the side of making them happy. Now, if it's something that's going to be a way bigger ask and it's going to be dragged on like it and it's obvious that this is a much bigger task than just being like, Hey, can I get a favor? Um, obviously, you know, hold yourself accountable and be like, no, this is what we, we agreed on. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I it, at the end of the day, everybody's a person. They, yes. Like it's, if it's a brand, if it's a talent, if it's you and everybody has their own business and it, it doesn't matter. they There's still people. Um, if people say it's just business, And not personal they're liars everything is personal and no matter how it's done they're gonna feel a certain way about it um even when it's a big brand it's like it's not their money but it's still like it affects people they want to they want to know that they're getting value and working with somebody that's easy um so yeah boil it down the business it's all business it's not personal Bunch of BS. It always is personal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I found that as well. Even when it's not somebody's money, it's still like people just want to feel like they're being taken care of and feel like they want to be
0: feeling they're taken care of. Like you ever walk into like a a nice restaurant and they automatically bring bread to the table? Oh, yes. (laughs) It feels so good. I feel so welcomed. And versus like they just stand there and I wait for my drinks or a drink order or something. So, exactly. The same thing. Yeah. 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 People want to be taken care of. This is uh,
1: this is one of my last questions for you, as I know that we are coming to the end of our time here. But uh, now having experience in photography, shooting many, um, you know, different types of products and having different setups and, and doing all these creative, different ideas to, to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. What is something in photography that you wish that you had learned
0: earlier? Um, I wish I picked up the camera earlier. Um, you mean just in life? Honest- just in life, (laughs) just like, I I wish I found it earlier, but I found it in the way that made sense to me. So that's, it is what it is. Um, I I really think it's, I think it's just getting out of your head. Um, And it's not that difficult to really, you know, do, but I think there's so many different ideas and people out there that we find, you know, we get influence from that. It goes back to what I was saying. It's like, we'll never be that. And it's almost and we get an idea of like, oh, I want to do this photo shoot with this product. And then you're like, oh, maybe it won't look good. Or maybe I need this and I don't have access to that equipment. Or I need, I need to spend a little bit of money and I don't have money to spend on it. And it keeps you from trying. And that is probably the worst thing you can do as a learning photographer or even an, an experienced photographer. If you're not trying and your own mind is stopping you from even trying, then you've already lost. And you really, really just are going to benefit so much from just learning along the way. Yes, this photo shoot that you're trying, planning in your head, that you're just doing to try and learn something, it might not look good. You might never post it, but I guarantee you, you're going to learn something from it. So I always just let people know, just try and have fun with it. It's really simple.
1: Wouldn't it be great if we could gain experience without actually having to do the thing?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's I, it's like the Matrix, you know, the scene in the Matrix. things it's like, oh, I, I, know I know Kung Fu. That's Fu. not going to happen. <laughs> we all wish we have had that. But, you know, it's going to take practice. Yeah. Um, and it's OK. You know, don't don't look at these people and think you're going to be like them that maybe you follow or aspire to be like. Um, you're not going to be like them off the bat. Yeah. Um, you may never be like them because you're going to develop your own style along the way. So don't use it as your beacon. Use it as somebody that inspires you to get out there and go for your own goals and your own dreams.
1: That is so great. That is so great. Uh, Evan, I know that we are here at the end of our time. Uh, and I know that there's going to be listeners who are interested in learning more about what it is that you do and, uh, seeing some examples of your work, which of course I'm going to post in the show notes, but where else can we learn more about you and see some of your work?
0: Yeah, um, so you can find my work on Instagram at Evan underscore Naka, also on TikTok, same name, Evan underscore Naka, YouTube, Evan Naka. Um, So pretty across the board, that's what you can find me at. Um, You can find our professional website at NakaStudios.com to see a little bit more of the professional side. Um, We are starting our own podcast, the Decent Humans podcast, where we will be talking more about photographers, filmmakers, um, aspiring entrepreneurs, agents. Um, talent side where we, I just want to get a full encompassing view of, you know, this creator world as we're in, in this next generation of creators.
1: So, so much in this interview today with Evan Tanaka. I think my biggest takeaway was how important it is to experiment as much as possible, right? That idea of like, you know, Giving yourself that extra time to just try something and being okay if it fails. I really think that, you know, if you're going into photography as a career or as a, you know, quote-unquote job, you are expected to deliver something to whoever's paying you for your work, right? It's not just, hey, I'm an artist. Expect, you know, let me do whatever I am, whatever I do, and you just accept it. That doesn't always work. And it's not um, – Uh, a practical idea to move forward with your photography. So being able to ensure that you do capture exactly what the client wants and then moving on to being able to capture what it is that you want is going to keep photography from feeling like a job, right? And I do this at weddings as well, right? You know, you got to take those family photos. They're not necessarily fun. Uh, You know, you got to take a photo of the rings. is isn't necessarily something that's fun to me, you know. But when it comes time for portraits, I'm going to go out of my way to after, you know, we take the, you know, look at the camera, smile, because this is a photo that your parents are going to love. I really go out of my way to try something different. Wait until it's nighttime. Bring out the flash. Uh, find an interesting composition. Find an interesting element uh, at the venue that can be incorporated into these photos. Um, th- those are the photos. Those are the moments that really get me excited and make Wedding photography not feel like a job. And obviously, Evan has been able to do the same thing with product photography and his clients like it, too. Now, before we leave, I want to take a moment to showcase Skazy, our listener of the week. ska for for leaving the podcast a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Skazi says, I'm trying to gain more experience and learn from those who have amazing experience in photography, and the Beginner Photography Podcast has pushed my enthusiasm and has already helped me to view photography in new and interesting ways. Skazi, you are on to something. You know, we all see the world in a unique way based on our different life experiences. So he- hearing about how a photographer who has their own unique life experiences share something about photography. You're going to hear it in a different way than they intended, than somebody else who's listening to it. And that is great because now you are able to take the information that you heard and then, Put it into practice in your photography and run with it. You know, try something new and interesting and you'll be sure to achieve your goals in photography sooner than you could have hoped. So again, Skazi, thank you so much for leaving the show a uh, five star rating and review. So if you are listening on Spotify, which an increasing number of you are, you can leave the podcast a star rating right on the show's main page. Now, that is it for this week. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast, brought to you by Cloudspot, which is the easiest way to deliver and sell photos online. You can get started for free and learn more about Cloudspot by heading over to deliverphotos.com. And remember, the more that you shoot today, the better you will be tomorrow. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week.